You're listening to OK Now Listen, a bi-weekly show where we chat about what's on our minds, what we're binging, and what's blowing up our timelines. I'm Scotty Beam, a media personality, content creator, music enthusiast, and a wing connoisseur, if I do say so myself. <laughs> and I'm Sylvia Obel. I'm a culture writer, host, producer, and lover of Beyonce. OK. Sylvia, it's good to see you. I missed you so much, by the way. I miss you. Just that. This month is finally wrapping up, and I've got to admit, Sylvia, it was a long and tiring ass month. I am exhausted. If you can't tell by the voice and the tone of my voice, I am exhausted. I am ready to call this month out. <laughs> just call completely it. Completely just. It's call like it. cut the uh, cut the tape. Dead ass. What's that black yeah, China? Yeah, what's that? What's that black China gift? Cut the tape. Dead ass. That's 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 dead Scotty ass. right now. And me, honestly, it was like, and unfortunately, it was for some of the same old reasons that always make things feel long and tiring these days, like unrelenting violence against Black people in the middle of a panorama, in the middle of a recession, in the middle of everybody trying to get a vaccine or not, and all of these things. It's just too much white supremacy got me exhausted this shit is exhausting like you know the Derek chauvin whatever however you say you, you say his last fucking name verdict uh of him being guilty on all counts you know i guess people assume that i was supposed to celebrate or be happy or mm-hmm. whatever it was like celebrate the small wins whatever the fuck that means i i don't you know, George Floyd should be alive. Right. You know? And so celebrating this is not okay with me. You know, I. it's a shame that we have to thank the young lady who pulled out her phone and recorded. Right. You know, it's heartbreaking to know, like I said before in the podcast, which is unfortunate that we continue and have to say the same things over and over again, but, you know, that... We have to record our modern lynching in order for it to, you know, be at least looked at or have a possibility yeah, of justice. Just for it to be examined, perhaps, because... Yes, yeah, just for <laughs> people to consider <laughs> that my death wasn't invented. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, like that happened like, the way they said it did. It's, it's, it's crazy, and I feel you on that. Like, I don't... Celebration is not really the word. Like, I think, like, I don't know. It's like, I feel like black people are like, you know, like, unlike y'all, like, we don't like enjoy we don't enjoy this shit like none of this is fun for us like it's really it's really more so if anything i think when i watched it when i watched the verdict be read obviously there was shock and then there which is sad but also it more so felt like to me a release like i started like tearing instantly but it wasn't like happy tears and i think i tweeted that i was like tears just tears i can't even say they're happy ones they're just tears because it's more if anything it's like a small affirmation that like we're not crazy that like this is a thing that people should go to jail for but it's also sad that it's so rare for us to experience that affirmation of our lives mattering in this very tiny insy bitsy way where it's almost like even well if it really mattered in the first place we wouldn't even be here but at least our at least we can our debts can be vindicated in some way or like somebody has to pay for his mistakes and you could see the shock in his eyes too like that was the thing too Derek's eyes were like what you know like oh my god like I'm about to really go to jail for this because it's not that he's just a 
Yeah. What I mean, he's a police officer, and that made it even rare or of a thing. But I, which is probably why he was just so shocked. He was yeah, like, he was like, I'm a, I'm police, a police officer. officer. Like, fuck white, fuck black. I am blue. I'm so, blue, and we do this all the time. So I gotta go to jail. Right. So, but like, it's like, mean? it's like, so I really, for me, it was more of just like a tiny moment of like, I feel like I just took a breath and was like, okay, see. Exactly, like something, like it was like something went the way it was supposed to. I shouldn't have to thank you for that. I shouldn't have to feel grateful for that. I shouldn't have to be like, you know, like I feel like some people are like, see blacks, you got it. Stop saying that we don't, whatever. And it's like, no, like this is just what should happen. Right. Like we all knew that this wasn't going to change everything. It was just a moment. It was just like a, okay, in this instance, this went the way it was supposed to in the court system, but it's only a matter of time before we're dealing with this again. And literally hours later, what happened? Not even days later, hours later. So the reason why I cried is because I found myself earlier that day yelling at myself for having faith. Mm. I was like, stop having faith in this fucking country. You have to stop. You have to have, you stop having hope. You gotta stop. So I was very upset at myself throughout the day. And I tried to Mm-hmm. Like literally do anything else to keep from thinking about it throughout the day. Because I was like, I'm not watching that. I'm not watching it. I'm not even looking at it. I'm not even going to, you know, eventually it'll show up on Twitter and whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm not. But of course, I was at my mom's crib and um, celebrating my dog's seventh birthday. And <laughs> it was on. And shout out to Smokey. Um, <laughs> yeah. And as soon as they read it, I was crying. Yeah. I was so angry. I'm still so angry. I think I have just, I, I have a very, this is unforgivable to me. Yeah. There's nothing I, that they can do, that anyone can do for me to be like, oh, we're working in the right direction. Not right now. I'm just, I'm still at the age of anger. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's where, you know, finding faith and and, and trying to embrace faith and faith Figure out where it is. Yeah. Like how to reach the faith and hold on to it. It's very hard for me, especially when it comes to having faith in this country, which I fucking don't. I don't. Yeah, no. I mean, it's it's hard to have faith in this country because even like the second shooting and what happens, like the thought that haunted me for like the rest of that day was like, I wonder if Makaya Bryant saw the verdict and felt relief or excited for a moment. We'll never know. Yeah. And it's like, that's the thing. It's like, it's literally, that's the thing where it's like, even if I did for a moment, because, you know, like I could be George Floyd in any moment still. So what is there to celebrate? And I, to your point about not having faith in the country or the system, which I don't either. It's like, so I have, for me, what I have to do to stay sane and, you know, just for self-care as a black woman. And we talked a lot about last week, a lot of women were saying, like, be gentle with ourselves. Like, because immediately, whether it's Makaya Bryant or Breonna Taylor, we know that it's not going to be the same for us. You know what I mean? Even in that sense. So it's kind of a thing where it's like, how do we take care of each other? I really thought about, like, for me, it kind of goes back to even what Dr. Yaba Blay said to us at the end of last week's episode, which was, instead of looking outward and putting my energy at the people who are hurting us. For me, how I do it is I look inward and I try to put my faith in us, black people, black women, and I kind of try to feed into that. And like, that's where I try to get my source of power from in times like this, where it's like, 
I know if nothing else, at least I have my sisters have me. And I think I spent a lot of time trying to, you know, I was very, I felt especially grateful for being able to go offline. And it's funny to say escape into your real life, but just live in my circle of my life because that's where people take care of me. That's where I'm loved. Mm-hmm. That's where I, you know, feel protected in some sort of way. So for me, it's really about my friends, my girlfriends, my tribe, my, you know, my people. Like, how do they, like, you know, laughing with them, having moments with them, loving on them, them loving on me. That's all I have. That's all a lot of mm-hmm. us feel like we have. But then, like, that's where, that's all I have. And how do I go into protecting them? Right. So when I think of Micaiah Bryant and, and black women, black girls, mm-hmm. I, I love that. Yes, I, I turn to them. But then how do I turn to you and figure out how to protect you from this? You know, how, and, 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 and this, is that, that's something we can't answer right now. Yeah. I understand. I get that. But I think I'm riddled with that. That. Every time, you know, I, I enjoy you. I love you. You know, I love that the world, you know, people like me see you. I love all of that. How do I keep you here? Yeah. You know? And so that breaks my heart. Yeah. That is what, you know, <sighs> lives. These are lives. Like, yeah. and, I, and I, I get emotional every time because these are people's lives. This is somebody, like, this is somebody. This is not, it doesn't have to be somebody's anybody. This was somebody. Yeah. You know? And so when I think about keeping the faith and turning to them and talking to them, how do I keep you here longer without thinking about somebody on this earth trying to take you from me, trying to take you from the world? How useful you are to this world. So, yeah, I do love the faith. I'm, I love the faith. I love the faith that we have in each other. But I also want to figure out how do we keep this faith and how I'll be able to have this faith to protect you. How do I get to protect you better? But I do, I embrace and I, I, I accept everything that you say, Sylvia. I just... Well, no, I, I feel I, the exact same way you do. Just because I'm saying it doesn't mean that I don't yeah, feel yeah, that. Yeah, no. It just is more do, so like, yeah. it's just more so about, and I get it because it's hard. And I'm not saying like, when I talk about like, how do we take care of ourselves and be gentle with ourselves in these moments? Mm-hmm. It's almost like I, I have that worry that um, that you're talking about that um, can overtake me. And I sometimes I have to like mentally try to compartmentalize it so that I can just operate and then come back to yeah. it. Because if I just let it drown me like an ocean, then I can't help anybody, even in the small ways. And I, and I, but it's, 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 that's what's so crippling about it. Like what you're talking about is just that we are kind of in this prison that we didn't create. Um, And it, it feels impossible. And for me, and I know, you know, it's hard, like in the moments where I truly get so overwhelmed about my lack of ability to do anything, those are the moments when I have to turn to God or else I will drown. I really think it's my relationship with God that really keeps me above water, at least like just my nose in those moments where like, because that's the only powerful source I feel like that is powerful enough to maybe make me feel like I don't have to do everything. Like you said, we don't have the answers. So it's kind of just like, we're, I'm either frustrated, like, and I am most of the time, like just frustrated thinking mm-hmm. about it, 
but like we talk about on this podcast a lot, that's why, you know, finding, um, taking it easy and being gentle and finding joy is a revolutionary act, is activism. That's why, you know, enjoying mm -hmm. pleasure is a part of liberation for us because mm -hmm. we as black women have felt so long like we have to carry the load and do all the work and do all the things that we don't, that type of existence, it will take away all of those things only for nothing to ever change. And that's just such a hard reality. It's like, I refuse to not enjoy the bits of life I can or, you know, be, be easy when it can be easy because so much is hard. I get that. No, it's hard. It's crazy. It's so unfortunate. Um, but I know I also get a lot of strength and faith from our amazing conversations that we always have. Um, but one in particular is this week's guest. Same, yes. This week we were very blessed to chat with the amazingly, amazingly talented and hilarious Tia Mowry and Kim Fields, who are both just, speaking of faith, just such strong women of faith. They, you know, they talk, we talk in our conversation a lot about longevity and managing to maintain just in the midst of all of this, whether it's work and whatever, love, careers, and just being as black women, how do we evolve and manage to do that? Like in the crazy climate world country that we live in, it's hard, but they had, Tia and Kim had so, so many gems to offer us this week. And we can't wait for y'all to listen to our conversation. Check it out. We are here with two of our favorite actresses, two women who we have grown up watching on television and are so excited. I can't even believe they're right in front of me via Zoom. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> we are, um, okay, now listen, listeners, welcome, please, to our show, Tia Mowry and Kim Fields. Hi, ladies. Yeah. Oh my God! Yay! Oh my God! The Hi. two women, like who are partially like responsible. I'm not gonna put all the responsibility on y'all, but partially <laughs> responsible for my childhood joy, and my adult friendships, and my yes. devotedness for my people. Um, so I am so ex I'm so excited to talk to you guys. We're excited to talk to you guys. First of all, we gotta check in with y'all because we in a poly pocket. Okay, so we got to figure out, <laughs> you know, um, how you guys are feeling. How's your heart at this moment? Aww. Aww. Go ahead, Kim. Uh, well, thank you. Um, great to be here. Feeling um, really amazing. Very, very blessed. Um, excited about um, coming out of last year. Amen and amen. Amen, and, amen, um, amen. But being grateful, but being very grateful for the year. Um, that that it that it was the eye opener the um, the you know how many times can you pivot <laughs> moment <Yeah. laughs> uh, and all of that um, the um, the leveling up of awareness in terms of health and wellness um, and and everything in that space the launching of new brands and leveling yes. up new brands and things so you know feeling very very uh, very very um, excited and um, quite adventurous actually so Ooh. that's how my heart is my heart is full of adventure <laughs> i like that oh you know 
I'd, I'd have to I'd have to piggyback on really everything that you said, Kim. You know, at the beginning of this pandemic, there was a lot of anxiety. I was very overwhelmed. Um, but I do foresee optimism. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm I'm very optimistic. Um, I like the the word adventurous and just, you know, so grateful just to be here talking with with you ladies. You know, I'm just so grateful to continuing to be in the space that I am in right now, meaning, you know, like you were saying, Kim, earlier, learning. You know what? I've, yeah. I've grown um, so much yeah. throughout this, this pandemic. I've learned a lot about myself. I've learned um, even more about my husband. I mean, we've been together for 21 years, but <laughs> to be in a household uh, together as long as we have been, um, you know, you, you learn a lot. I've learned even more about my children and I feel so grateful to have even spent the time that mm-hmm. I am still spending with my children now. But I, I like that. I like the, the word gratitude, you know, instead of just kind of focusing on the negative, I'm yeah. focusing on the positive and focusing on the positive change that has happened, um, with all of this. And I was also felt very grateful to be working, um, you know, oh, yes. through, through nice. the, the pandemic, like, <laughs> Man, so grateful, mm-hmm. so grateful. Mm-hmm. So. Definitely. It is a very big deal to have you two here together on this show for us. You're both legends in the black sitcom genre, especially Thank every you. show I was watching, one of y'all was on it. I felt like, <laughs> like tag teaming. <laughs> Always. So Nonstop. chat a bit Booked. about the kind of longevity <laughs> you guys have had, because as you guys know, for black women in Hollywood, that is not often the case. And what brought you to it and what keeps you here? So like what brought you to acting and then what keeps you in it, even through all of the mess that, you know, comes along with fame? I have to say, I'm just, you know, so blessed to be in the same room with Kim. You know, I grew up watching Kim. And Kim was that representation for me. So, you know, I feel very uh, blessed to be even, you know, sitting here having the conversation with you, Kim. Um, what, what you know, keeps me going, you know. <laughs> Thank you. I, I, was, I, was, I was rendered speechless and mute at the moment. It wasn't like I was but sitting that there was, like, that was, yes, you but should. But that was fine you with us. I was okay no, with the silence. Honestly, honestly, I was, I was like, <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not who I am. I just was, I was like, mm-hmm. Correct. Mm-hmm. Correct. <laughs> Thank you. Correct. Percy. No. Um, <laughs> and then I didn't want to interrupt. I got home training. Um, no. no, I think what keeps me going is, you know, you mentioned longevity and just being in this career for such a long time. Um, or in this business, having this career, um, I, I, I just love to inspire. You know what I mean? I just love to, um, I'm so grateful to be able to do what I love to do. But I had mentioned this before with, because Kim, we, we've had a conversation too. I never, about this, um, I never really look at things as just about myself. Mm. You know what I mean? It's like a bigger picture for me. Um, representation is so important to me. Representation matters. And to be able to be doing what I'm doing right now and to still be doing it and telling wonderful, amazing stories, whether that's um, inspiring women, 
um, whether that's inspiring through representation, um, whether that's inspiring through just making people laugh, it makes this all feel um, purposeful for me. Um, And, you know, I'm just having fun while doing it. But again, I'm just very grateful for the opportunity. Kim? (laughs) <laughs> I should have gone first. How does one follow that? <laughs> um, you know, um, uh, again, T and I have very similar um, journeys, very similar um, upbringing for that matter. Um, and so we have a lot of, 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 of similarities, you know. So I think in addition to, but still separate from, um, what 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 she so eloquently said, and again, thank you so much. Um, I I, it's very surreal to to hear that. So I don't know where to exactly put that, except in my box of of gratitude. Wow. Um, but the 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 box of gratitude really does close with the lid of surreal. Mm. Um. <clears throat> And, and so what brought me to this was um, the craft. I didn't know it as a child to call it that. But, you know, seeing my mom, whose shoulders we both stand on, yes. um, <laughs> uh, uh, seeing her perform on Broadway and uh, on, in, in theater with the tour, uh, touring company of Hello, Dolly! with Pearl Bailey. And so when I would visit her on, on Broadway or on tour and I would see, you know, the, the costumes and the wigs and the makeup and the sets and just everything that the people were making, it was like they were making their own kind of magic. And then when you sit on, in the audience and you watch what you saw behind the scenes come to life and kind of all come together. So that for me was a really big, um, oh, I, I, I really like that. And so to now go full to the other part of the question, what keeps me here and what keeps me coming back is I feel like there's so much I still have not yet crafted. Mm. I, I, I still love to craft. I am a craftsman. And so I love um, creating different characters, telling different stories, um, utilizing technology as it grows damn near every hour I know. <laughs> um, to, to assist our industry, um, whether it's through social media and, and or technology um, with CG. I mean, there's just so many different things to do now in our industry. Um, and so I, I feel like that's really what keeps the fire in my belly is just feeling like there's, there's still so many uh, waters that are still uncharted for me. Yeah, I'm so glad that you guys brought up purpose because I love talking about purpose. I feel like throughout our lives, you know, our purpose can change from 10 years ago to now. It looks differently. You know, the purpose that you Mm -hmm. serve today looks completely different from the one that you had 20 years ago. So as you evolve, you know, you start to redefine what your purpose is. You know, how Mm -hmm. has the evolution of your purpose shaped you as the director and actor that you are today? Uh, I think how my purpose has shaped me as the actress that I am today is, you know, like I was saying earlier, this isn't just about me, right? Yes, I love acting and being on stage and, and, and performing, should I say, but I'm a mom now, you know, and yeah. I have children and I have a daughter you know, I have a son, which is amazing and, and great, but mm-hmm. 
When I talk about mm-hmm. my daughter, I say that my daughter, she is an extension of me, right? Mm-hmm. So how I've just evolved and how my purpose is is constantly evolving is I look at her, you know, and and how am I going to inspire her? How am I going to be that example for her? How am I going to... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, create content or not only just content, but navigate through my goals, my dreams, my aspirations. How is she going to, you know, I'm going to be that model for her. And how is she going to, you know, see me? Um, So, Mm -hmm. you know, everything that I do, it's like I'm, I'm, I have her in mind and I have my children in mind as well when it comes to, evolving, you know, with, with my mm-hmm. purpose. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my, my evolution. And I love how you put that evolution of purpose. That's, yes. that's, I'm like, Ooh, is that on a mug? Is that a book? Cause I think, I think also we have to be patient with learning and finding our purpose. You, mm. you don't have, have, you know, patience with yourself because it, you have to go uh-huh. through life and journey. Listen, journey. exactly. Self-compassion, yeah. yes. grace, it yeah. all, you yes. all have to have those yeah. things in order for you yeah. to define what your purpose is. Kim, go ahead. And it changes though, but you know, first you have to acknowledge that purpose does evolve. Yes. You know, yep. people, people, I think you tend to, you, it's, it's like once you have that revelatory moment of, oh, I found my purpose mm-hmm. and then you latch mm-hmm. on to that and then you don't realize there's evolution in that mm-hmm. and you evolve, hopefully, as a human <laughs> being <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and then as a woman and then as mm-hmm. if you're a parent or a life partner, mm-hmm. a daughter, mm-hmm. uh, 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 all those different things, a sister yes. friend, um, entrepreneur, yes. a, a worker, whatever it may be. Um, for me, my, my evolution, uh, I've, I'm, I'm walking far more boldly Ooh. than I ever have. Yes. Yes. Far more boldly Ooh, than I yes. ever have. In the faith community, we call it holy boldness, but sometimes it ain't full of holiness. <laughs> and oh. I am woman enough to- <laughs> in that Mm. and again in evolving my awareness my self-awareness has Mm. has evolved um without self um contamination without self um i still self-analyze but not quite as harshly Mm. um and that's an that's an evolution for me as well you know I'm um, getting some other tools in my toolbox, um, sharpening some other tools, getting rid of some tools like, you know, the, <laughs> the wrench from 85. Yeah. That wrench is not working anymore. No. You might have to get a new wrench, boo-boo. Yeah. Yes. Convert to a power tool. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love that, kid. Right. That is so, yeah. that, but that is so That's true it. that as we, you know, and, and, and it happens with it happens as we get older. You know what I mean? I feel like, you know, especially both of us, we are in this business at such a young age. It's it's about always mm-hmm. pleasing everyone else, right? Mm-hmm. And not necessarily Ooh, ee, pleasing ee, ee. yourself. You know? 
Listen, we are like, is there a collection plate? And yes, but we were talking about that evolution. Like we had to go through mm-hmm. everyone in life has to go through those challenges, um, those tribulations yeah. to mm-hmm. get to mm-hmm. where we where? are now and yes. to appreciate yes. where we are now. And here's the thing, especially about that one up there in, in the, she's in my top right. Uh, the thing about like people, like, like me and Tia, folks think we ain't been through nothing. Yes. Yes. <laughs> folks think we ain't been through nothing. Who folks? We Who do inspi- we got to talk to? But that's why in my, that's why with my autobiography, I started Mm. with an excerpt from the Langston Hughes poem, Mother Mm. to Son, which starts with, well, son, I'll tell you, life for me ain't been no crystal stairs (laughs) because we've been through some stuff just because we ain't messy. Mm -hmm. And just because you ain't seen it, don't mean it ain't existed. Exactly. We've been through some, through (laughs) some things. Yeah. This business is not easy and it's not easy to grow up in. Yeah. Not at all. (laughs) And then just add regular life on top Uh of that. Yes. And regular life. So, you know, yeah. And so, and so, you know, that, which, what do they say? That, which doesn't kill you, makes you stronger. So true. So there's some, there's some wisdom and truth to that as well. But again, that's all part of the evolution. Yeah. And I'm so glad you guys brought Mm -hmm. up. That the fact that people that may not know that you guys have what you guys have been through because they've seen you guys on television or even like that there's challenges because I wanted I know that with but look at us we don't look like we've been through anything well I mean they got look like what we've been through that's one of my favorite phrases they got look like what we've been through we are the poster children we don't look like what we've been through and I love that I mean because listen black women are really you have a hard time not telling me we're not God's favorite but. What I wanted to ask. <laughs> but I wanted to ask you guys specifically for that reason. So I'm so glad you brought it up. Mm-hmm. If what a moment was in your career where you were in between jobs and unsure if you would get back to acting even, and how did you keep mm-hmm. the faith and not give up? Because I feel like Ooh. a lot of us are, especially after this last year, in that bridge, right, of in a low point, maybe in between jobs or just not trying to give up on your passion mm-hmm. and your struggle. And I know, you know, both of you guys had some gaps in between the shows you guys have been on. So I wanted to know if there was, if either of you had a moment that you could speak to, that you remember how you got through it. I'm sure you, I'm sure Kim, you got some moments and I got some moments. <laughs> I call mine the seven year gap. It was the seven year gap. <laughs> um, it was after Sister Sister. You know, Sister Sister mm-hmm. was this huge popular show. Um, and then you just go from working, right, for mm-hmm. six years in a row and as a child. Um, mm-hmm. And then you just stop. You just stop working. And then mm-hmm. nobody's offering you anything. Uh, y- your auditions are very scarce or you know very rare um and then the years just keep on going year one okay well haven't gotten anything year two wow Mm -hmm. nothing came through the pipeline year three like what is going on it's just that emotional um stress and and like i said being young and going through that 
I will credit um, my sanity to my parents um, and then my sister. I did have someone to go through that whole journey with someone else. Mm. You know, I would look over to the mm. right and then she was crying too, just like me. So I, I never mm. felt alone. With my homegirl standing to my yeah. left and my right. Right? I didn't I didn't feel <laughs> I didn't feel alone, alone. In, in, in that in that moment. But there was one moment, you guys, where, you know, things just weren't going my way and things weren't happening. And I remember bawling up and crying in the back seat of my car. Because I, you know, had uh, finished college and I was just not working. And I was like, what is, what is this? You know, um, and my husband, I give a lot of credit to my husband. He is so incredibly supportive. And I remember the game, uh, a script came out, an audition came out. And I was so broken. I was like, I'm not going to get this. You know, nobody sees me. They just see me mm. as a child actor. I, I can't. I, I can't. Yep. I can't do this. And he was like, Tia, mm -hmm. yes, you can. He was like, Tia, this is so you. And I remember I was living in an apartment at the time. We would go to the roof, the rooftop. And he would work with me so much that I would cry because he was just like, you know, it was like a, a, what is it? You know, the Jackson 5, Michael Jackson's father. It was like, he was just really like, come on, Boot Tia, camp. you Boot got camp. this. Yeah. You right. can do this. You can Boot do camp. this. And I was like, Ooh, you know, and then he trained me and he prepared me for when I went in mm -hmm. on that audition. And even, even the creator, Mara, she was like looking at me like, you know what this show is about, right? And I was prepared. I was like, look, I am not a child. I am an adult. I've gone through adult experiences and I can give a lot to this character. And I fought for it. When I say I fought mm -hmm. for it, I didn't get it. Then they brought me back and I had to audition again. And then I ended up booking it. So it was just like, it was mm -hmm. a lot, yeah. but that was my moment for me. Um, and it was my parents, my, my family and my mm -hmm. Corey was my boyfriend at the time. That was just, it's very important to be around people that you have to believe in you, but it's also very important to believe, I mean, to be around people that even believe in you even more, Ooh, that uplift you more. and that support you Absolutely. and not, you know, bring That's you the down. village work. It is. And so that, yeah. that was my moment in my story. Yep. Mine uh, was right at the end of uh, Living Single. Um, mm -hmm. And, um, you know, you, you, for, for me, I was in this place, this space where, I was doing another series and I didn't take for granted the gap that, that T is talking about, you know, that kind of after college facts of life had ended. Um, but I was in college. I did some guest appearances. Um, I, I, I was getting my degree in film and TV as well as broadcast journalism. Um, I, I'd launched a talk show while I was in college. So I still felt active. Um, and, and a part, you know, of that, of, of, of my world, of my passions. Mm -hmm. Um, but when living single, when, when it started shifting and, you know, as many know, I left the show a few episodes shy of the, of the end because that was my end, um, for me with that. I felt like the show, um, for me, it still was a great show, but for me, it just was very different. Mm -hmm. And, you know, yes, there are times where we do what we do for the paper. Don't get it twisted. Every artist still loves art, but still loves paper. And so, you know, when, but when you turn that corner and you're like, 
oh, it's even hard to go, oh, the check clears. That's when you know, oh, I need to make an adjustment for me. Still love everybody involved. Everybody is still doing the do. Um, it was me. And so then with that, I had a production company um, with uh, a staff and I felt great about providing jobs for, you know, five to seven people. Um, we had great projects, no deals. Um, we, I had a marriage that was ending and I couldn't understand what was happening. And I went through what I call the dark ages. <laughs> I love that we all have a term yes. for it. Mm-hmm. Um, I had these blackout drapes and I closed them up and, um, I kind of just kind of retreated, uh, and my village, my family, um, let me be. And one of my village members, my family said, um, we're not going to bother you, but we're not going to let you sit in here too long because stagnant water um, becomes a whole different mm-hmm. entity, an element. Mm-hmm. So we're not going to let you do that. We'll let you be still for a minute. And I told God, I'm, I'm so disappointed. Um, I, mm-hmm. And I ran down my resume. I'm Chip's daughter. I'm a tither. I do this. Mm-hmm. I help people. I give to the community. I do, yeah. you know, and you just start running down all this stuff. I'm a good wife. I'm a this, I'm a that. Yeah. Whose life is this? Mm. I felt like mm. I had planted tomato seeds and grew light poles. I, I, I mean, it just was so foreign to me. And I just said, game over. I'm, I'm done. And so I just stopped and I, I just, I, I shut down and um, I saw an interview with Liza Minnelli. Of all people, I was channel surfing, you know, in one of those moments where you ain't showered in, I mean, God probably can't even stand you at that point. <laughs> But I saw this interview with the great Liza Minnelli and she was talking about dealing with her demons and getting to the other side because she was about to do a new show. And they said, well, what is it that brought you out? And she said, I looked at my father's work. I thought she was going to say her mother's work. Her mother was Judy Garland. Her father was Vincent Minnelli, great filmmaker, director, producer. She said, I looked at my father's work and I realized I come from that stock. Ooh. Okay. I went out to the backyard looked at the mountains, looked at the sky, breathed air, and I said, I come from this stock. Mm. And that Mm. was the turning point. Now, don't get it twisted. I still been through some things. I still get very disappointed. It's just, you can see it coming. Mm -hmm. Evolution, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and, And so there are times when you do go through it. And sometimes your rock bottom is actually your trampoline. Yeah, mm-hmm. that Ooh. is so true. Yeah. I love that. Most I times, most Ooh. times, Ooh. sometimes your rock bottom is your trampoline. Yes. That's when the like that's when that pressure turns you into the diamond. Yes, yes, I yeah. love that. It's true. It is so true. You know how I what I'm seeing too. It's about perspective. It is. You know what I mean? It's about perspective. <sighs> yeah. mm-hmm. Once you shifted your perspective, once I yes. even shifted my perspective, and that. My aha mm-hmm. moment came from my husband. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you got mm-hmm. this. Like, you mm-hmm. can do this. I feel like with perspective, you have to change the way you speak to yourself. You have to actually listen to how you talk to yourself. Can I tell so you guys I love something? That. Yes, I did. And I encourage all of you guys to do this, too, if you haven't. Um, it was told to me. Someone had told me to do it. And I was actually um, speaking at a college. This was years ago. 
And it was a woman that came up to me and she just told me, you know, just go ahead and do this and see how it makes you feel. And I did it. And now I've been encouraging everyone else to do the same thing. Look in the mirror at yourself. Just you and smoke and a blunt. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You know what, Kim? <laughs> you can do that too. You can do that too. But yeah. while you do that, me. while you do that, just, up on this here morning. While you're doing that, tell yourself, I yes. love you. Mm. And it is so amazing and mean it. Mm-hmm. Look, look at yourself and mean in it. the eyes mm-hmm. and say, I love you. Mm-hmm. And woo, just you talk about speaking to yourself. Yeah. The emotions yes. that flow when you tell yourself that because mm-hmm. you're always conditioned or told it's a, I love you to your mother, your significant other, your Mm -hmm. babies, I love you. But when do Mm -hmm. you ever say that to yourself? To yourself. You, not waiting on somebody else and not waiting on somebody else to tell, not waiting on somebody else to tell you that they love you. But you looking at yourself and saying, yes, ma'am, I love you. Mm -hmm. Something that's been very clear, even in this interview to me, um, and, and is, And that has been a pattern of what I've admired both about you guys as a fellow Jesus lover is how you've remained open about your faith in this very secular Hollywood industry. And as somebody who is navigating the dichotomy of, and I love it, like, you know, I mean, like we're talking about like, Kim, I think you referenced it earlier, like, you know, bold confidence and faith, but like also like, listen, I have to have fun and you guys will take these roles. Like, you Mm -hmm. know, Tia, I feel like when, you know, you were kind of kind of inferring to when Mara was like, are you sure about this role with Melanie and being like, I'm yeah. down too. But yeah, I think it also yes, comes yes. with people seeing us sometimes as a Christian. It's like, are you down yes. for this role? Like, are you yeah. down for like this mm-hmm. thing? And um, so I just wanted to, I, but I, I think you guys have done such a good job of balancing that, you know, cause for me, I, I, you know, sometimes you think you don't have to just come off as this like church girl to love God and work. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to know mm-hmm. how you guys balance that dichotomy or navigate that dichotomy. Kim, we used to go to the same church. Remember, we would see, see yes, each other we did. at the church. Yes, we did. Oh, oh, together. We, we did. did. We see did. each other in the hallway. So. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> you know, for, for me, um, it's been, again, looking through different lenses at myself, um, seeing what works and being honest, like like for real, for real, like, like Tia said, and mean it. Um, looking at myself going, mm, I don't think that works for me right now in this moment of where I am. Um, and so I think about um, somebody who walks a, a wire rope, like a tightrope. Mm. Um, the idea of balance is never like, you know, 50% on this side, mm. 50% on this side. It is constant small tweaks and adjustments the whole way across. And so that's how I feel about my life, my faith, my womanhood, my mm. sisterhood, my daughterhood, my parenthood. Um, it's definitely consistently making little tweaks along the way. Continue to um, redefine yourself. And so many times people think that means professionally. Um, it, it's not just that, you know. I'm, I'm amazed at how many times. And redefining and reinventing 
Two different Two things, different family. Things. Yes. Two different things. Thank you. And that. so I'm learning to redefine who I am mm. in my faith, redefine who I am um, to certain experiences that I've known as a child or as, as a young adult and, you know, those sorts of things um, where it's not a betrayal. It's just, it's a redefining moment. Oh, I love that. That's me. Mm-hmm. Everything yeah. that you just said about redefining yourself. That's so me. And when I started to redefine myself, it was when I was allowing myself to be myself and also just to be human. You know what I mean? Permission. You gave yourself permission. I gave myself permission Mm. to Mm. be my authentic self and to be Mm. myself and also not judge myself. Mm. First, I just need to say that you guys uh, have always, for me, prioritized joy throughout my life. Aww. You know, I know that, Kim, you've directed Keenan and Kel, about 28 episodes <laughs> of them things. Yes. And, you know, at that time, I was a kid, and I truly appreciated that. And Taina. Taina ah. was the show for yes. me. top theme song, honestly. I remember like, Taina. <laughs> I do remember that yes. show. So, you know, you yes. guys, and we put... You know, joy first over here. We we we, we only do joy. Me and Sylvia do joy all it's day. All about black joy. But something that has always felt so special about black sitcoms was being able to witness and connect with a diverse range of black families. I mean, at times they reminded me of my own, and other times they were the family I wish I had. You know, shout out to the no daddies out there. But <gasps> I always felt grateful that these families existed on screen. In what ways have Mm -hmm. you guys noticed the growth and changes of the black families we've seen on screen over time? To me, I think that there's been an evolution of purpose Mm -hmm. in black family Mm -hmm. content in that the content providers have owned the idea and the fact that they're not trying to speak for every black family. Mm. Mm. I think Tyler and Spike really kind of helped bust the door open on that fact, which is I have a specific audience and that's who I'm serving. If that ain't for you, then go over there because there's something for you over there. But so, so I feel like, you know, all the content providers are in this space now of, you know, um, the family reunion family is the family reunion family. The Upshaws will be the Upshaws. Jamie and his daughter will be that family. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the Winslows were different than the Evans. Yep. Um, you know, and so I feel like you you don't have to. You, I feel like the content provider feels like I don't have to carry the burden of being the role model for black families. It's okay to be irreverent. It's okay to be funny. Everything doesn't have to have a message. Everybody ain't got to be a role model. So Mm. to me, I feel like, again, evolution of purpose really spills into this part of the conversation for black families in sitcoms because our purpose is is more broad i think the purpose is either entertain or make people laugh even the idea of representation matters and being a a representation we are a representation uh not the yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm. you know what i've seen um 
well, what I'm seeing, and I would love to continue to see more, you know, I don't know how this was for you, Kim. I'm curious to see this, but when I was doing television shows, um, you know, we didn't have a lot, we didn't have our writer staff be predominantly black. We didn't have the people behind the scenes um, you know, being black and bringing authenticity to the characters and mm-hmm. to the stories and to what's being said. And I'm, I'm, I'm loving that I'm seeing more of that with the mm-hmm. Easter rays, yeah. you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And even with, you know, family reunion, um, because with that comes the authenticity. It's mm-hmm. not someone else telling our story on what they think our story mm-hmm. is about. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, and I know growing up in the business, it was not like that mm-hmm. for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We had maybe sprinkles of, you know, black mm-hmm. writers or the showrunner would be black or the executive producer would be black. Um, but I, I love that I'm seeing more of that. I also think a great thing about how it's evolving the Black Family sitcoms is about even how it's reflecting how we're evolving as Black families, right? A lot of things that we're talking about mm. now, we weren't talking about in the 90s. And I Absolutely. think that, yes. um, Tia, you've talked about how in the latest season of Family Reunion, it will address mental health and emotional vulnerability, right? And like those type of things. I yes. love seeing us being able to have those kind of conversations on screen. And you have also, you've been such an advocate for getting more black folks to seek therapy and having these conversations openly. Mm-hmm. How does having these families mm-hmm. on screen mm-hmm. experience these real struggles help influence how do you think it helps influence the black families who are at home watching? I think it, I mean, you know, television is very powerful. I mean, it it's, you know, what, what you see it, you know, you learn from it, it moves you to spark a conversation, especially if you see someone representation that looks like you. Um, if you see it, you be it. And, you know, one thing that I love that we tackled this year on Family Reunion was you saw this, you know, my husband, Mose, who's played by um, Anthony, he's this football player. He's really big, you know, and, and, you know, aggressive, but he was afraid to cry and be emotionally vulnerable, vulnerable in front of his children and in front of his wife. But I'm you know, as the character, and I encourage other people to do this in real life, um, I was, you know, supporting him and saying, look, it's okay to show your vulnerability. It's okay to say, you know what, I don't have it all together, or it's okay to cry, you mm-hmm. know, and I feel like just as a culture, you know, we've been taught um, to be strong. So I, I think it's very important. And I hope that it encourages, you know, people who are watching it to take a moment And um, know that it's okay to be vulnerable or to be sad or to be anxious or to be depressed. We are not perfect. Mm -hmm. And it is okay to not be perfect. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Right. Kim, I wanted to talk about your new show, though, The Upshaws, coming to Netflix Mm -hmm. in May. You know, it's about a black working class family that works hard to get to the next level. Talk to us a bit about what drew you to the show and the lessons you hope black families get from watching this. Um, well, first, I hope they get the lesson of laugh, laugh, you know, <laughs> laughter is okay. Mm-hmm. We don't have to take ourselves so seriously all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and laugh at life sometimes. Find some humor in this thing before you get an ulcer or a cancer 
or a tumor or some of these other things that really can stress us because we haven't learned to release. We haven't learned to laugh. We haven't learned to say, okay, all right, it's not that serious or those sorts of things. So I hope that, you know, again, with that, but again, not putting any responsibility on us because why all the black shows got to be the one teaching folk stuff. Nah, right. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Talk about it. Shit, just sit down and laugh for a minute. You know? um, but what drew me to the show, because I actually, I wasn't checking to do another comedy. And I damn sure wasn't checking to live in a house full of people again. Can I get my own place to live? Free me. Free me from the Listen, give us us free. Give us us house. I have been a roommate, a housemate, a every kind of mate since 79. Hell. But I'm grateful for the gig. Amen. So, so that being said, I wasn't checking to do another comedy, you know, and Tia, you know, I'm sure you understand that sense of, hey, I want to do, I'm an actor. So I I have other things that I enjoy doing. I love doing drama. I love doing single camera. I don't want to do multi-camera. I mean, there's all sorts of things. And I felt like, again, what is uncharted waters for me? Um, at, you know, after 40 something years in the industry, amen and won't he will. Uh, but at the end of the day, I still feel like, okay, what's, what's going to make me stretch out? What's going to make me challenge me? What's going to make me get up to go, oh gosh, I can't wait to go and try this and do the adventurer, adventure spirit. And so I read the script and I realized, oh, okay, well, Regina Upshaw is not a type of character I've played before. I damn sure didn't want to have no grown-ass kids. I was like, wait, who was that? I went to the writer's room. Who, who is Jamel Simon playing? Oh, that's your son. The shit you say. You a lie. You know what You a lie. And the devil lie. is a lie. A whole lie. Um, so, so it was basically, you know, and then they were like, well, no, you had him in high school. I was like, all right, freshman year. So, you know, like, get your period, get a baby. But anyway, that's, you know. But that's not the point. Um, uncharted waters. And that's what I felt like Regina was. And, you know, and honestly, I didn't know. I, I really thought that it was Mike Epps and, and Wanda Sykes. And that, you know, the wife kind of thing was just going to come in every now and then, say some lines and be out. I was like, oh, I'm number two on the, I'm, I'm oh, wait a minute, this Oh, so I, you know, I, I didn't realize a lot of stuff until I was in it because I was so in my actor process of navigating uncharted waters. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's beautiful. I, I wanted to, you know, uh, talk about something a slightly different, but uh, so I need to say, first of all, before we get off this Zoom that. Strong Black Lead asked the question on Twitter, who was your first TV crush, right? And let me tell you something, Tia. Let me tell you. Let me tell you something. <laughs> 17 again. Grandpa Jean oh, had a hold on me. A hold. Sis. Let me tell I you know. something. Had a, hold, had a hold on me to this day. To this day. I see Mark I Taylor. I know. Okay, tell him he I said, hey. Good. Hello? He, Grandpa Jean still look, he's still doing what it do. Hello. He still look, and you know, he was so, he was 
so amazing to work with. Mm-hmm. He was really, my sister, she worked more with yeah. him yeah. because, you know, it was yeah. the grandpa yeah. situation. But I mean, I was around and that's all you he needed was to so be was around. He was so <laughs> <laughs> All you needed to be was around, he sis. Was, he was so great. <laughs> and it's crazy how he looked the same. That black, that melanin. Like, it's, it's really so good now, too. It just don't crack. Black, black don't, don't crack. crack. And he's Canadian. But, um, <laughs> you don't, you don't that, stress. That, and he's Canadian. I'm but he's Canadian. He he's that is hilarious. He yeah, is so but, cool. Very laid back. Yeah. Right. Ahead, but I wanted to know what you guys if because you guys were TV child stars too. Did you guys even have crushes back then? Did you like, have like TV, the first crushes? TV crushes? Yes. She said yeah. yes. Oh, <laughs> it was a deep yes. breath for me. So we wanted to, we wanted to definitely end with you guys playing the same game that the strong black lead Twitter played which was mm-hmm. who was your first tv crush mm-hmm. oh my gosh okay i just realized kim you want to go first i just realized mine <laughs> or remembered mine kim about to take me out. okay so i mean it's it's kind of sad because he's no longer with us um but and he actually was on the 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 show and i felt like he just did not like me at all because I was just, you know, hi, how are you? You know? <laughs> but Merlin Santana. Do you know Merlin Santana? Oh, of course. He was like the biggest. Wow. I had the mm. biggest crush on him. Marlon and he was, was just, glass. He was Ooh. just so handsome fine, and he was fine, just fine. such a good actor. And I remember when he came on the set, I was so nervous. Cause I had already had a crush and I, it was Brandon Adams and him. And they, 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 I didn't even know at that time that they were like best friends, but those were the two boys that I like grew up. And I remember I met Brandon, you know, cause he was, uh, he came on the scene with Michael Jackson, you know, he was, he was in the movie people under the stairs and moonwalker Mm -hmm. and all of that. Um, and so, you know, I had a little crush on him, but then I really crushed hard on Merlin Santana because he was, he was right. talented and he was fine. <laughs> he is fine. He's in a, he's in a Trinity. Definitely the he's fine definitely- man Trinity. <laughs> Absolutely. So, uh, Kim, let's end with your answer. Let's end with your answer. I think that by default, my first crush was Todd because we was just it. We Todd, was the only ones. Todd Bridges? Bridges. Oh my yes. God. So no I want to say by default, oh, wow. that was, was my first crush. Uh, when I got a touch older, maybe a year or two older, and I realized he really ain't checking for, for me. I was, I was so much younger and all kind of stuff. Um, who really counted for me? And not that Todd didn't count, but again, we was it. We were the only two, I get you know. It. I get it. And see, before before different strokes and facts of life, don't sleep on baby. I'm back, and he was yes. on fish. Ooh, you took it mm-hmm. back, back into see the there. Ball. I took it back, back. Mm-hmm. I took it back, back. But when I see my overbite from when we were in the watch <laughs> Christmas parade, I get it. I get it why he was like, nah, sis. Wait a minute, Kim. I completely forgot about your overbite. I completely forgot about your overbite. Girl, how could you? My overbite is infamous. That shit right there. But now that you mention it, I remember your overbite. It just came back to me back completely and I thought about it. Yes. Okay, but here's my for real, for real crush. My first crush. And it's not really a TV crush because he was not on TV. Oh. So does that count or does it need to be somebody on TV? No, it's fine. It's whatever you want it to be. Lenny Kravitz. Let me tell you something. So, 
Let, Girl, look, look, she I had to get up. She had to get up. She had to get up. Everybody got a crush on Lenny Kravitz. Welcome, Kelly, stop welcome to the club. Welcome to the club. No, 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 no. I was following Lenny Kravitz on Instagram. And my husband no, got so it was no, like, oh, you following no. me, Lenny Listen, follow the, but here's, but here's but, the thing that's really going to trip you out. <laughs> that's really going to trip you out. And I'm about to drop a little exclusive right up in this mug. Hey, okay. So, Lenny Kravitz, don't think about his now. Oh. Okay, because it's easy to crush on that motherfucker now. <laughs> yes. No, 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 no. Go back to when his ass was Romeo Blue and he was 14 and just starting to make Ooh. music and he was 16 and I, just yeah. starting to make music and he would visit his mama, mama rest in yes. peace, Roxy Roker, who oh, played yes. my mama's yes. mama yes. on yes. a show called Change at 120th yes. Street when yes. I was a kid, okay? I'm, listen, I am, I am slaying right now with the knowledge yes. okay yeah so when he you would win. come you when win, he would you I, win. I win this, I win <laughs> this here. when lenny would come to see his mom and we would be in the hallways because facts of life and the jeffersons we all filmed in the same soundstage mm-hmm. area in the same dressing room saying us different strokes silver spoons facts of life one day at a time the jeffersons wow. give me a break everybody was right up wow. in there okay Jeez. and i would see him in the hallways and oh my God. I'm sure. Oh my God. And when I tell you he ain't see me a bit more than he saw the door that he walked by. Oh, Baby, he, and he was kind. He was kind. I mean, he wasn't rude. You know, he was nice, but he, wasn't see, he ain't see me at all. Let me tell you how I couldn't stand Lisa Bonet. <laughs> Lisa Bonet get that on. Yeah. I was mad. I was like, I'm on Facts of Life for years. You know what I'm for years. Till this day, they are like my favorite yeah. couple. Like, even though they're not together, till no, this day, like, yeah. they are like my favorite What kind of friend are you right couple. now? What kind of, like, what kind of friend are you right oh, now? I'm sorry, Kim. I'm sorry. Yeah, you're supposed to, right, Tia? You're supposed to. You're supposed to be on the Where's your loyalty to this episode? Oh, I'm sorry, that Lisa Bonet. I'm saying. Oh, no, but I'm Lisa Bonet. Oh. You better die all the way through, Tia. You just fell but off. The fact that Lisa Bonet you got Lenny Kravitz mm-hmm. and Jason Momoa in the and same Jason lifetime Mo- is absolutely no, 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 unfair. No. And that they're all just yeah. one happy, fine-ass family. It's rude. Yes. Let me tell it's you something. Basically. And it Lenny is, thinks, it's rude. And because Lenny... <laughs> Lenny, Lenny bring wow. me that, please. Bring me that. And Lenny thinks it is the funniest thing in the world. See, that's Romeo Blue. Oh, that's Romeo Blue, baby. He was wow, cute, though. Lenny. Shit. Don't tell me. Try walking by that in the hallway. I could listen. I see it. And him, be, and him being Come a musician. Would he Thank walk you. around playing, playing, and, and would he walk around playing? Just anything? humming in the hallways on tune. I saw him, I think, one time, not humming in the hallway. <laughs> I saw him one time with a guitar. And apparently, Jesus knew that's all I needed was one time. Because he ain't let me see that again until Instagram. But that was my. <laughs> But we're friends now. I mean, we've always been You're friends. You're friends but, you with know, Lenny Kravitz? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And he thinks it is the funniest thing in the Don't world. And when I did the audio book for my... I will not, Trader. <laughs> I will not tell him you said a goddamn thing. No, just tell him I said hi. Just a little when, high. Just, oh, when I did, when I did the audio book... When I did the, the audio book for my autobiography and I got to that part in the autobiography, I sent him a text. I'm like, yo, I'm recording this part about you right now. And I sent him a picture and he's like, why didn't I know this? What? Don't play yeah. with me. Wow. Switch up. That'll switch up. I don't even know what his wow. name is. Don't play with me. 
Don't you? Don't you? Girl, I ain't the one. I was the king baby matumbo. You right now? We can make up for lost time if you want. Hello. But anyway, we. This has been such a joy and a pleasure. You guys have been so much fun. I can literally do this for a whole another hour, but. You know, right. I, yeah. we really I, Tia, I will still it. watch your show, even though you you stabbed me oh, in the no, back just now. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> I still watch I'm Family sorry, Reunion. Kim, I'm sorry. And wear and I wear a Loretta Divine T-shirt when I do it. <laughs> <laughs> now she has a new favorite oh, character. Oh man, I am so. Sorry. <laughs> I didn't even realize I was doing it. <laughs> Thank you guys for this. Uh, Thank we appreciate you. Oh, yeah, Thank no problem. So it's a lot of fun. For entertaining fun. us on our, yeah. yes, mess. We our too mess. Much. <laughs> All right, that's our show. Big thanks again to Tia Mowry and Kim Fields, and thank you all for tuning in. Our show is a production of Pineapple Street Studios in partnership with Netflix and Strong Black Lead. Shout out to our team. Our managing producer is Aganenish Ashagre and our lead producer is Jess Jupiter. Our music is by Amanda Jones. Special thanks to Max Linsky and Jenna Weiss-Berman. Make sure you all share your thoughts with us on the episode using the hashtag OKNowListen. Follow Strong Black Lead on the socials at Strong Black Lead. And follow us too. I'm Sylvia Obell. And I'm Scotty Beam. Until next time, folks, stay blessed.